This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Gina Davis, and welcome to Event Talk. Do you want to make more money with your products and service at festivals, fairs, and expos? Then you're in the right place. Each week, Event Talk brings you interviews with business experts, makers, artists, and business owners, nonprofits that have all successfully navigated the ins and outs of business. Plus, we want to take you behind the curtain, sharing our time-tested event marketing secrets so that you can get the most from every booth at every event. Join us as we explore what's happening at festivals, fairs, expos near you and around the country. Event Talk is your source for everything you need to get the event return on investment you deserve. I'm excited about today's conversation. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Tammy, are you ready to get started on your next segment? Let's talk about the next tip that you have. What do you do with leftover materials? Because I can't tell you how many leftover materials I have had in my day. The first thing that I would suggest is giving some of them to the event host. I do know of event hosts who keep people's promotional material on hand. So I assume that would be because that way they would be able to contact you again. Right, right. And for example, I was at a networking meeting, you know, the kind where you kind of just sit your business cards on the table and then, you know, you go mingle with people. I noticed that the event host at the end of the event she picked those cards up. However, she picked up all of your cards or just one card? No, she picked the cards that were left there. Once people started leaving, she kept them. Hmm. And so the next time she had the event, because they had this particular event twice a month, she put all of those cards back out. Ah. Some of the people weren't even there. But they were represented. Mm-hmm. People will walk around and they may pick up one of every card on the table. And even though you weren't there, that's still a potential lead because that person's yeah. going to say, oh, well, I was here and I picked up your card and just wanted to know a little bit more about you and what you do. That's actually a very good idea. I've been to events where there's leftover material, but I have to admit, not necessarily the ones that I'm hosting, but there have been leftover materials, and I just always just thrown them away. <laughs> uh, figuring that, I guess my, my, my figuring is if that person didn't want to throw their business cards away, for example, they would have picked them up. But if it's a recurring event, I can definitely see that. Well, is there anything else that you recommend when it comes to leftover materials? The way to prevent having leftover material in the first place is being realistic when you order. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just because Vista Print has $500 for $7.99 doesn't mean that you need to order $700. (laughs) (laughs) Because what's going to happen is if you ever rebrand, yeah. 
you've got this box of stuff, stuff. <laughs> that you can't use. It was a steal. It was a deal, but it's useless. I've got a few boxes of those sitting around. <laughs> so I wanted to make a reference back to when you were saying what to, you know, like talk to your event host. One of the things I would recommend you do is ask them how many of the audience they're expecting. And then ask right. them, well, did you do this event last year? How many did actually showed up? You're going to guess. And I, I've, I've been trying to run some stats down on this, but you're going to guess, especially the bigger the event is, that likely if you have five people, maybe one of those people are going to stop by your booth. So if you've right. got 100 people coming, then out of that, then you can expect maybe 25 people that might stop by your booth. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot less in materials than if you bought for that 100 that she told you for in the first place. Right, right. My thing is this, order by your event, yes, but also by your calendar. Explain that, ordering by the calendar. Okay, if you don't have another event coming up within two weeks of the one that you're buying material for, Mm -hmm. that's another way to gauge how much stuff to get. That is a, a very valid point. Uh, I don't do my events that close together, but I know you do. Yeah, usually everywhere. Um, and I, I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. I did a big order um, like that for an event. They ended up not choosing me as a vendor because oh. there was a selection committee. I was stuck with material because my next event wasn't for like two or three months. Wow. We are going to take a break. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network. So let's talk about the selection process that some event organizers have. I've never actually done an event where there's a selection process like that. Share us with a little bit about how that's been for you. How long do you typically have when you apply till you actually get the information that you have it till the actual event happens? Okay. Well, I um, have been part of an event where there's an application process. And while people may say that, oh, well, yeah, that's standard, actually it's not. Um, Most event hosts will post their vendor tickets right along with their attendee tickets, Mm -hmm. which is a double-edged sword because, yes, your your vendor spots are going to fill up quickly. However, that increases the chance of you having two and three of the same type of vendor. Yeah. I know for some network marketing companies, that's an issue. Because I know the few that I've been involved with in the past and set up booths for those. 
that we were supposed to be the only representative there from that company. And even me sometimes telling the event organizer didn't mean that it was going to happen, that I needed to be the only person there. Yeah. Right. However, a lot of event hosts now will have a selection process Mm -hmm. simply because they want to avoid that. Um, Now, as an event host myself, Mm -hmm. I basically tell them whoever pays for the table first gets it. Wow, that's the way it should be, in my opinion. (laughs) Whoever pays for it gets it. But I still think on the other end, you can say, I only take so many of this person person and so many of this person. And then after that, if you, you know, so that way you don't end up with all jury people or all, you know, you know, one type of, of vendor, which to me, it's not good for the event organizer because if you aren't diverse, if you're not diverse, then your target audience is going to go, yeah, I'm not going to that again. It was horrible. And it is one of the things I've seen happen a lot of times when it comes to event organizers. Is And I think, too, it's a, it can be a matter of they haven't done it enough to understand that they need to do it that way or they've not talked to their vendors, which is important, about what they really want. Versus talking to just the target audience. Yeah, that is important because while you most of the time are dependent on vendors to pay your deposit to the venue, Mm -hmm. you don't want to have vendors out of desperation. Very much so. And that's how you end up with two and three of different things. Yeah, same uh, business. Right. Well, I I think we're about to the end of this. I was wondering if maybe you have closing thought or if you want to just kind of recap what you talked about. Always know those seven things that I mentioned in the first segment. Who, mm-hmm. what, when, where, why, how, and how much. Okay. If you can't get all seven of those questions answered, do then, not do that event. Yeah, then it might not be the event for you. <laughs> it might not be. Um, I had an event host once who couldn't even give me the address of the venue. Oh, yeah. That's a problem. That's crazy. So, I, it sounds like to me they were waiting to see if they got enough. You're talking about like you're talking about the vendor so they can pay for the venue. And that's right. really difficult if you're at that mercy of your vendor so that you can pay for it. Right. It's a live and learn thing, I definitely think. Well, that closes us out the show today. Uh, Tammy, that was so great. I knew it was going to be a great show. We've done a podcast on your podcast, but she actually does her own podcast. I'll actually get her to send me that information again so that we can include it in. That way you can connect with her. You can find out more about her. And you need to definitely check out her books. I've read two or three of them. And actually, I've done some coaching with her also. So she was really fabulous. My my next podcast is going to go live in June. And I'm hoping I'm going to be interviewing a Fine Vendor Booth member. If you would like to know more about what Fine Vendor Booth is all about and how we serve our community, I'll have a link below that tells you a little bit more about how we procure the latest events so that you can actually spend all your time working on what you need to be working on to make and build your company, your business, grow your bottom line. 
Talk to you soon. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.